The U.S. Supreme Court decision could have ripple effects across tons of countries across the entire world. Hey there, Pulse Check listeners. This is Annie Reese. I'm Daniel Payne. I'm a global health reporter at Politico. The draft opinion overturning Roe v. Wade provided an opening globally for both abortion rights and anti-abortion activists. Oh, I think it has to do with momentum that when anti-abortion activists saw this draft reported that they thought they had more of a win than they thought imaginable. And abortion rights activists saw this as a bigger loss than they thought imaginable. So I think everyone around the world that's working in this space paused and thought about what was possible in their countries. And that has made for quite a bit of scrambling. On the show today, America's long reach in global health. It caught me by surprise how many advocates around the world are talking about this. This isn't a story that I it, I just kind of stumbled upon it. The more people I was talking to, the more people mentioned that this was a concern in their region, first in Central America and South America, and then in Europe and in Africa. And, and that what was a concern in their region? That the U.S. decision would have ripple effects through the whole world, that the work that they were doing was going to become much harder because of the United States Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. And that is for several reasons. I mean, part of it is U.S. funding is a big part of global health. And if you want that U.S. funding, not offending the U.S., even if the U.S. government doesn't say anything about it, this idea that you could offend the U.S. government through having more liberalized abortion laws is scary for some governments, and it's not worth the risk. So advocates see this as something that could really make it much more difficult to get new legislation in their own countries. That's interesting. So are there certain countries that you know of that are really watching this Roe decision closely? Countries that get a lot of U.S. Uh, aid funding are definitely watching this closely. But it, it stretches all over. And some of this also has to do with the momentum of these movements. Some anti-abortion movements in other countries may see this big win for anti-abortion uh, advocates in the U.S. And they may think that something is possible that wasn't possible before. And I'm hearing that some of those groups are getting more funding than they previously expected and mm. more engagement now in other countries because they're seeing what they thought wasn't possible before may be possible in their country as well. And some pro-abortion rights movements have strategized based on U.S. strategies. And so when they're seeing this being overturned, they're worried that their strategies could be overturned in their countries, even though there's no official connection between those uh, legal systems. Africa is definitely on the front of this because U.S. money plays such a big role in some of these governments. The organization EPUS, which is interested in protecting and expanding reproductive rights around the world, they had advocates that came to Washington and while they were here, talked to members of Congress and members of the administration about what this might mean for them, uh, what a court decision could mean, even all the way in Africa, even all the way in Indonesia and in South America and so many other places. And South America and Central America is another place that there's a lot of concern about this because it's just so close to the United States. And abortion has been such a hotly contested issue there as well that there has been momentum in a lot of countries to liberalize abortion laws. So these activists are worried that this is going to be a big loss in that momentum for 
such a big agenda setter like the United States to have a reversal like this, it could really affect the momentum that is being seen in Mexico and, and other places in South and Central America. Could you explain how the global gag rule and Helms Amendment work? The gag rule is something that the Biden administration has rescinded, but it has been around quite a bit in past presidencies and administrations. It pretty much says that if you are a non-government organization, a nonprofit, something like that, and you're taking U.S. money, you cannot talk about abortion, Mm. expand abortion rights abroad. Uh, It's also known as the Mexico City policy. Mm. It's just something that changes with the administration. So Mm. Republican administrations have often had it. It's something that presidents can have as a win for whatever they believe about reproductive rights without needing Congress to intervene. The Helms Amendment is different. It's something that is congressionally decided. Presidents don't really have much that they can do about it. And it says that U.S. money cannot go toward, U.S. aid money cannot go toward governments for promoting abortions or providing abortion services. Although down the line, there have been other caveats that have been added through other legislation about exactly what promoting an abortion means or motivating an abortion is is the word that they use and what is and isn't exactly allowed. And there's legislation right now that has been introduced to overturn that, to allow aid funding to go to abortion services around the world, although there's no real clear path for that bill to make it through Congress. So what are you really going to be following on this in the coming weeks and months? I think I'm watching what advocates are watching right now, which is, is this going to lead to big changes in other countries? Are other countries about to see and talk about strategies that are very similar to what they've seen here in the United States? I heard from some activists in Mexico and Nicaragua that they have seen what was used in Texas for a state law has more or less been copied and pasted in Mexico and in Nicaragua. So I'm wondering how much those effects will take place, as well as if anti-abortion groups see a big influx of money, volunteers, people who want to see more victories from their perspective like this that they've seen in the U.S., All right, that's our show for this week. I'm Annie Reese, and a huge thank you to Daniel Payne from our healthcare team for joining me. Pulse Check's senior editor is Raghu Manavalan, and our executive producer is Jenny Ament. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you again next week.